And there we go. We're live. Everyone, welcome to another episode of the podcast. <clears throat> we were sitting here jacking our jaws, and I looked at them, and I'm like, oh, hey, it's time to go. We were having, our, we were having our pre-production meeting that we that we always have. And Yeah. <laughs> we're, real, we're really good at pre-production meetings. Uh, um, I'm, yeah, go ahead. That's okay. I, uh, I just walked in the door two hours ago from a trip to uh, Gatlinburg, Tennessee, for a volleyball tournament. So my everything hurts, and I am so tired. I uh, walked about 10 miles at Dollywood yesterday, and I don't know if this comes as a great shock to y'all, but I'm not I'm not in the kind of shape that can handle 10 miles of walking in one day. Uh, <clears throat> so uh, bear with me because my brain is about halfway turned on right now. Um, <clears throat> so Larry went to BCO Days in Indianapolis, so we'll catch you up on that. Um, I, I rode in a Tesla the other day and had a – I spent – pretty much all day at Dollywood walking around with a guy whose uh, electrification is his business. And so I got some very interesting insights into that. We talked about electrified trucks. We talked about cars. We talked about the grid. We talked about fuel sources. It was a very, very interesting day. Um, and uh, I got a lot out of that. And uh, he's not very extroverted. Uh, he and I get along because we have the same sparkling personality. I don't know how good he would be on a podcast, but he's got a wealth of knowledge that I, I might be able to drag him kicking and screaming and coming here and talking about it. Um, not near, not nearly as scary as it sounds. If you, if you really kind of understand EVs, you know, and this idea that we're just going to, somebody's going to snap their fingers and everybody's going to drive an electric car is just nonsense. But, uh, other than that, uh, you know, we're, we're back again. Um, Man, trying to get this TikTok thing um, straightened out has been a challenge. Uh, all these social media companies, I'm, I'm trying to get that thing working, and it's just refusing to work properly. Uh, but we're we're working through that. So uh, <clears throat> uh, let's go ahead and mention our presenting sponsor, Pittsburgh Power and OPS, Mike's Mileage. Uh, let them know that you heard about it from here. Uh, Larry had a lot of fun you know, talking to podcast listeners at BCO days. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to be there, but, um, I, I had, I, I, no less than 20 people came up to me over the course of those two. I keep thinking it's a weekend, but it wasn't, it was a Wednesday, yeah. Thursday, which is really strange too, by the way. But, <laughs> um, but I, there's, you know, now there were several that came up and introduced me to me and some of them I even, I mean, Dave Thomas is one of our regular lists. He, he's hung out with me all week. Or I keep saying weekend. It's not a weekend. Uh, the event, um, but, uh, you know, we had some other people that were, that I recognized their names when they came up. Some of them we had met in Memphis, you know, that, uh, they came up and reminded me who they were. And, uh, a couple of the fleet managers or fleet owners that we work with were there and, uh, our trailer owner, Gene, and his wife were there. So anyway, I had a, had a pretty good group, but then there was all these people that just came up to me and they go, you know, I listened to your podcast. I really, really like what you're doing. One guy said, well, I like about 60. I agree with about 65% of what you said. I said, well, that's okay. You don't have to agree with me at all, you know? Um, but it was interesting because uh, I had just, I was talking to the, the, the CEO of Landstar, Jim Gatoni, and uh, a couple of the other uh, BCO, uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, don't know the department. Re yeah, executives, Rocco and, and Joe Beacon. We're standing there and, and, and one of our listeners came up and said, I, I, I just want to tell you, I just want to come. Thank you. And I said, well, for what? 
He goes, well, you're the reason that I'm at Landstar. Your podcast is why I came to Landstar. And, I, of course, I stuck my chest out, <laughs> beat a little bit. And I said, yeah, tell me more, tell me more. So, anyway, it was. How much, uh, it was, how much did you pay that guy to walk up while you were really? talking to the CEO of Landstar? <laughs> I'm sure that's what Rocco thought, too, when I, when I did it. But it was good. It, it, it really was good. We had uh, several people, you know, that uh, came up and, you know, and, and uh, I don't I didn't recognize any of them as far as being live listeners. But I guess it just goes to show you that we have a lot of people that listen and mm-hmm. don't really participate or aren't available at nine o'clock on Sunday night. But do but do listen. But it surprised me how many people. Now, let me let me jump in here and say something about Pittsburgh Power, because I want to make sure there's no misunderstanding. I'm getting emails from people wanting to order stuff from Pittsburgh power, like, uh, engine parts and stuff. We're, we're distributors for the max mileage and the OPS products. Mm-hmm. It really doesn't, I really can't supply you. I don't, I don't, I don't have an avenue to supply you those other parts. You, you just need to, I'm going to respond to your emails and refer you straight on to Pittsburgh power. Uh, and I appreciate you telling them where, where you heard about them, but I can't really do anything towards filling that order. I would have to pay double shipping to do it. I had to pay to get to me and pay to get to you. So it doesn't really do me any. I appreciate you guys thinking of us, but except for the OPS product and the uh, max mileage product, I really, I can't really do anything for you. Pricing would be the same, but shipping would be double, you know, for mm-hmm. to do it that way. So uh, Jerry, he's the 65% guy. Well, Hey Jerry, you're allowed to be the 65% guy, you know? So, uh, listen, you don't have to agree with anything I say. I, it, you know, it, you, this podcast is, is my opinion and Chris's opinion and our experiences. It's out there for your entertainment value. And, and if there's anything there that you can take from it and help make your, uh, business life uh, better or easier or whatever, then that's all good. But, uh, we're not here to persuade people to do things the way we do it. We, you know, we, we, we tell you how we do it and how it works for us. And, uh, and if it works, if, if you want to try it and see if it works for you, that's great. If not, that's great too. We still, you know, we still would, uh, you know, and, and we, 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 we welcome your comments. Okay. The other thing I want to point out, and I had to remind this of a couple of guys this week is that keep in mind our primary target market is catching the 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 person who wants to transition from owner operator from company driver to owner operator but hasn't yet bought a truck or is considering buying a truck or considering doing a lease purchase or whatever and coming to Landstar. We're just trying to intercept those people and show them that there's a way of doing this without making that commitment to um, that that risk. And, and showing them a different, we're going to talk about that tonight, what we do. Um, but if you're already a BCO and successful, or you're an owner operator and successful, we're not trying to convince you to stop what you're doing and do what we're doing. Now, there might be things that we see uh, in your, in your, you know, in your best practices that we might su- suggest you do differently, like, like, you know, buy your fuel cheaper and, or maybe do accounting as opposed to letting ATBS do it. By the way, ATBS had a huge presence there and, We'll talk about that a little bit later if you want to. But but anyway, just keep in mind, we're, we're not trying to tell experienced BCOs that they have to go sell the trucks and buy old trucks. That's not what that's not what we're if you haven't bought a truck, then mm-hmm. and you didn't and you didn't win the two hundred thousand dollar VNL 860 that they gave away last week. Um, maybe you should consider um, not buying a new truck buying an older truck, paying cash for it, and not having the pressure of that payment, especially for the next year. 
you know, we're reading an article right now from Freight Waves. I'm sure Chris and I will discuss today uh, about the outlook and um, and the uh, the great purge and so forth. So, um, well, I've I've got one thing, a funny thing that happened from my trip. I want to tell everybody about. We, you know, they have a they have a coal fired steam engine down there that pulls a train out through the country, and it's nice and picturesque and so all the parents got together and we're like hey let's all go ride the train together and we've got this little app that we're messaging back and forth and yeah let's go get on the train so we get on the train and we're all happy and we're taking a selfie and there's probably 10 or 15 of us and so we go through and up and they go up on top of the mountain to this big field and turn around and come back down about halfway down the train stops and the guy goes well we're just gonna stop here temporarily for a moment just uh, look over here at this construction site where we're building this new uh coaster and i'm thinking yeah this ain't a planned stop so this guy starts walking down beside the train and they're looking underneath that steam engine and i hear a voice behind me goes but it's doing a force regen and uh so we you know we're we're chuckling back and forth about you know i wonder how hard it is to get somebody to come out and work on a steam train so we get evacuated off of the train and have to <clears throat> which i got on the train and i'm on the front car or on the front seat of the car and on the back of the car in front of me is a ladder i thought i wonder what that ladder's for hey we found out that ladder is to uh is to crawl your fat ass off of that train and down onto the ground so they can walk you down the hill to a shuttle bus and run you back into the park that's so, that's your that's your entry to the lifeboats right yeah, yeah. the life raft <laughs> so you know that added it was an interesting conversation too because of my my electrical vehicle guy was right behind me yeah, we were talking yeah. about coal and you know uh but I'm, I imagine it's probably pretty hard to just jump on the phone and get parts for that 112-year-old steam engine, whatever it is. So they uh, struggle like we do, trying to find quality mechanics, I'm sure. I'm sure. I had a long talk with the TA people up at VCO Days again, by the oh, way. Boy, I wish but, you I, that. I, but, but, well, uh, Richie may have. But now at the end, we hugged it out. So it, 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 was, it was all good. It was all good. So, um, um Anyway, let's uh, let's get uh, before on. We, before we go, I want I'm going to I want there's a question that's popped up here. Do y'all hire drivers? Yes, we do. I uh, would I would urge you to stick around for this particular episode. You landed on the perfect one because we're going to tell you why you should come here. Now, you asked a question before. Do we have automatic trucks? And the answer is no. So if you've got an automatic restriction on your license, unfortunately, you're out of luck. But. You need to stick around for the rest of this program, and we're going to tell you exactly why you should come here if your desire is to be an owner-operator. And if you do have an automatic restriction, we're going to tell you why you need to get that off, okay? Yesterday. While I'm thinking about it, when I was talking to the TA people, they sent me a gift to give you, okay? Oh, my goodness. It's one of these things where I want to show it up. It sticks on the back of your iPhone. <laughs> So it holds like I've got your American Express card in there. Uh huh. And of course, you can see that it says TA travels. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I told them you would highly prize that, um, that mm -hmm. gift. So I'll be bringing that to you too. Saying, I want, <laughs> I want, I want to get a picture of you with this on your phone and I'm going to send it to them. So, uh, before we get too much further, I want the bourbon of the night, Jefferson's Ocean. I talked about it last week. This is a new bottle, by the way. Well, y'all wasted no time, did you? Uh, I'm telling you right now, uh, this is one of my new favorites right here. If you don't know, this is a, a bourbon that it's 90 proof, and it is um, 
they put it, you know, uh, all bourbons are aged in new um, oak, white oak, um, charred barrels. And um, usually they sit in a rickhouse for 7, 10, 15, in the case of Pappy Van Van Winkle, 25 or 30 years. These are aged for a few years, then they're taken out and put, put on an ocean voyage. And, and, the, and this one here, it's actually Voyage 23. So you can actually see the voyage that it went on. Mm. And it sits there in this boat through all kinds of weather and all kinds of doing this rock. And so it, it gets the motion of that boat as, as opposed to just sitting in the rickhouse still. Uh, it, uh, it gets this motion and it, it really, really changes the, the texture and the flavor. And, and I'm a big fan. So anyway, um, if you want to, um, if you want a, 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 a bourbon, uh, suggestion tonight, it's the Jefferson's ocean aged at sea. So anyway, and, uh, this bottle has, it does have a hole in it right here in the top. I'm gonna show you where the hole is. It's right. There's the hole right there. Okay. So anyway, I want to get that out of the way. Um, so what do you want to, you want to dig into this thing or you want to, yeah. we got yeah, let's, to get out of the way. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's start because, um, <clears throat> I, I think when you, you sent me this title, um, why we're the best, um, option. Uh, <clears throat> now I don't remember the, what did, how, how did you say that? Um, we're the, we're the, we're the best path best to path, becoming yeah. a BCO. Uh, if, if you, if, if you aren't one and, and you don't own a truck and you want to become one, um, we think we have the, the, the best, uh, trajectory from company driver to becoming a Landstar BCO, um, because we can, you can do it in a manner which it's, it requires no financial risk on your part. And, um, we basically pull the curtain back and let you see what it's like to be an owner operator, number one. Um, to own a truck and understand all the requirements that the truck, you know, that, that own a truck uh, requires. And then in particular, how to survive and navigate the Landstar system. Um, I did, uh, I did recheck my numbers at the BCO days, and it is still true that Landstar has a 25% year over year, um, um, What's the turnover. word? Turnover. Thank you. But it still has a 40% first year, year one, uh, failure rate. So, uh, and, and we know why that number is there. We know why the majority of people who buy their first truck fail, a high percentage, like 90%. We know that. We're, and we know how to avoid it. So we're trying to give people an option, a, a, an alternate path, to doing this because everybody else does it the same way. They go out and lease a truck or buy a truck that they really can't afford. And because they can, uh, they think they can make the payments. They think that that's a truck that they can afford. Everybody who bought trucks in 2021 are figuring out right now that that's not true. That just because you can make the payment doesn't mean you can afford the truck. And so uh, we're going to share with you our approach to this. And I've, I've done this since 2009, you know, and we're, we're going to, and, and again, we're, we're, we're directing this to people who have tried and failed or have not tried yet because they don't want to fail. Um, 
and they and and the other thing is open your eyes up to the to what's different about being a company driver versus being an owner operator or truck owner uh, because that's really really a different skill set it's we call it a change of identity um you know the if if a, as a company driver you know it's easy to fall into the thought process that if only you owned the truck everything would be better you know all the things that you dislike about trucking you can now change that because you're calling the shots and that's not really necessarily the case uh, because now you have people telling you what to do that you might not like but when you buy that truck and you become literally a slave to that truck the truck's telling you what to do and it's not going to be what you think it is because if you go against that um, you'll find out that eventually the truck will win. Uh, you can sit in Miami and wait for a week to get a $5 mile load. End of the week, the truck payments still do. Uh, all that lost opportunity is still lost. And uh, now you've got to do what you probably should have done to begin with and make that decision that you're going to have to move and move freight. So we're going to talk about all this. We're going to discuss uh, what, how we do it, why it's different. And, um, and I think the best way to do it, Chris, is for you and I just to talk back and forth about I don't really have anything pre- well, I would, planned. It's just I would like to respond to this this latest comment from Jay Sand. I make eighty thousand a year at FedEx Freight. If you count my benefits, I'm closer to hundred K. I'm home every day, ten hour ish shift off on weekends, uh, yet still considering Landstar to possibly make more and possibly have bigger chunks of time off. Any thoughts? Yeah, well, lots of thoughts. <laughs> I do, I do have lots of thoughts. Um, you got to understand, we don't get in business for the paycheck. We don't get in business for the benefits. We get in business for the opportunity, and the opportunity is to create value for someone else in 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 such a way that it 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 makes value for you, right? And so you have to start business with someone else's convenience, someone else's comfort, someone else's needs in mind. And if you do that well enough, like Zig Ziglar said, if you help enough other people get, you can have anything you want if you help enough other people get what what they want. And so can you have bigger chunks of time off? Yes. After you've spent probably two to five years developing a strong business with a strong foundation with a strong economic basis to it that has that has that has become valuable enough to give you that time off now i just spent uh two wonderful days with my daughter and my family watching her play volleyball and um i was there with a blue parrot headset on and an ipad because i had to take calls while i was at the volleyball tournament you know, I'm setting up watching over the court with my iPad and I'm booking loads, you know, while my daughter's playing uh, ball. Larry went to BCO days, but he still had to do payroll and he's going to go to to the beach here, I think next week. And he's still going to be working. Now, it's a different kind of work, you know, um, and, and I'm, I'm afforded the opportunity to go to Gatlinburg and watch my daughter play volleyball for two days and still be connected to the fleet. Um, and not have to physically drive the truck. So that's, that's a, that's a positive and a benefit. 
But we get in business because the opportunity there is so much greater than being an employee because then you're building that value and you're building that thing that will provide you those opportunities eventually. The problem is most people want the five-year end benefits of a business on day one. Well, I'm in charge and I'm picking loads and I'm not going to go here and I'm not going to go there. And I'm going to do it this way and I'm going to do it that way. And everybody's here for me. The, the, custom, the agents are here for me. The customers are here for me. Um, I'm going to take all kinds of time off and I'm going to go on cruises and go on vacations. And, um, and that's why 95% of first time owner operators fail in the first two years is because they're not working. The last week's episode was get off your ass and get to work. So, and, and Jay, I'm not, please understand. I'm not saying this to like poke at you or, or upset you or ruffle your feathers, but you do kind of have to understand that you're going to work a lot, lot, lot harder in business in the first two to five years than you're probably working now so that you can build that business and have those opportunities later. So if having that comfortable 80,000 a year plus benefits and being home is what you're, is, is, is basically what the value is you're setting, then that's what you're going to have to stay doing. Now, this is where I let Larry, the 50 year business guy come in because he's lived this, you know? Well, the first thing I want to point out to you, Jay, is it, it, and this is a very common thing. Okay. We see it a lot. You can't compare a job, which is what you have now. You're an employee. Uh, and, um, you can't compare a job to opening up your own business. See, that's the number one reason that people fail in this business is they think that if they, if I just go buy a truck and do what I do now, and I'm really, really good at what I do now, then I'll be, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll have the chance to, like you say, make more money and get more time off. And, and all that, that all the, that may or may not be true, but, but that's, that's not the point. That's not the people get in business for not the reasons that you say you're getting in business for. It's a benefit. I mean, look, I've been in business for almost 50 years. Uh, I, I work in my pajamas most of the day. Okay. Um, but that's not, I didn't get in business to do that. That's a, a result of many, many years of, of doing business successfully. Uh, you get in business because you have, and, and I'll tell you my reason, and I'm sure it's most people's reasons is that you want, you want the security of having your, of having your own, um, future in your own hands. Um, you want the opportunity with no ceiling. You want the opportunity to work as hard as you want to work and get some return for that. Um, not going in and working an extra shift and get, being paid an hourly wage. Because right now what you're doing is you're selling yourself to FedEx at wholesale and they're selling you for retail. When you get into business, you're going to sell yourself for retail. But there is a period of time there where you have to get over that first five year danger period. You know, it, 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 there, there, is a, there is a period of time when you make that decision, you make that investment, you know, you now have to survive. And it's not just trucking, it's any business. You know, the, the vast majority of all new businesses fail in the first five years, the vast majority. In trucking, it's 90%, okay, 90%. Uh, and it's because in trucking people do it, they, they don't, you can do it in trucking with, with no, with no 
credit score with no money. You can go sign a lease purchase and be in business tomorrow. And that's the reason that most people fail. Um, so, you know, here, here's the thing you have to understand. Forget trucking. If you don't have a desire to be in business for yourself, if you don't have a desire not to be given benefits by somebody that can take them away, if you don't have a desire to, to, to build wealth way beyond an hourly rate, that, that, then you're not going to very well like what it takes to stay in business. And that's why most people fail. Um, coming to Landstar as a new person, a lot of people come to Landstar because they think they're going to come here and slow down because they think they can pick and choose their own loads. And that's fine. You can. But I can tell you right now that if you slow down when you first come to Landstar, you're not going to be here very long because you're just not ready for that. Now, the way we teach it is you, you don't go in debt to buy a truck. You pay cash for a truck. So if, you, and if, you, if you're making the kind of money you're making, hopefully you're saving a lot of money uh, because rather than go in debt, we want you to go out and buy a reliable older truck because it's not uh, going to be sitting on the side of the road with emissions problems and you can't get parts to fix it. Um, and then you're going to pay cash for that truck and it's going to be very reliable and you're going to be able to get in business for a very low dollar amount. But the, what you make is not, is not connected to the kind of truck you drive. What you make is connected to the amount of effort that you put into it. And then, and then, and the, and how you are at building relationships and how you, and understanding who your customer is and understanding that serving that customer is going to give you all these things you want, but you have to put the cart before the horse. You have to serve enough customers before you have that. And that's what we do. That's so different than what most people do is that most people would just go sign a lease purchase or go finance a big truck, or you've got 200 grand. Even if you could pay cash for it, I would forbid you to go spend that money on a truck. Uh, there's no reason to do that. You know, go spend 30 or 40 on a truck and then keep the rest of that for in reserve. Um, and then all besides that, doing business the way that we will teach you to do business. Because, you know, you can still have a, a paid for truck and fail. Okay. There's lots of reasons that people fail. And, and having a, a paid for truck doesn't necessarily eliminate all the rest of them. Um, but those are, those, are the, those are the initial thoughts that I see when I first see this, is that comparing a job to going out and buying a truck is a huge, huge, huge mistake. If you weren't in trucking, if you, if you never had a desire to have a, a lemonade stand or you didn't mow yards to make money on the, uh, in the summer, you know, if you didn't have this desire to make money or to have a business that's yours, um, then that's something that you, you know, an entrepreneur, you, you, you have to either become or be an entrepreneur if you want to be successful in business. Now, I talked about this a couple weeks ago and took a lot of flack for it. You can go buy a job. You know, right now you have a job and, and like I said, you're getting paid uh, wholesale and your company is selling you for retail. You can go buy a job. You can go, you can go buy a truck and you can go drive a truck and, and you'll, you, you'll basically have a job. Um, but whether or not it will do the things for you that you say you want here, I, that, that's, that's probably not going to be the case. You know, um, there's uh, the, the, I got some numbers uh, uh, this week. Uh, ATBS is the biggest accounting service for owner operators in the country. Uh, it's certainly promoted by Landstar and it's not, I don't like it, but I don't like them because I don't, I think people should do their own 
bookkeeping. The numbers mean something to you. They don't mean something to some little girl in Denver sitting in a cubicle. They're just, just a job to her. To you, those numbers are your life, you know. But here's the thing. Last year, the average owner-operator in this country made $69,000, okay? the You make 80000 right now as a company driver. So with no, with no risk whatsoever, the average owner-operator in the country last year, the best year ever in trucking, ever in history, made 69000 Now, the average Landstar BCO at ATBS last year made $105,000, okay? Even with that, you're making almost that with no investment. So why would you go to all the trouble and the expense and the risk to do this for not making a lot more money? We fully expect the people that do the things we do it, that we do, are going to make one hundred fifty to $200,000 after expenses at Landstar. Because we don't go to Landstar and slow down. We go to Landstar to take advantage of the market and work hard for a few years and build up that money so that you've got that million dollars in the bank. And then, then, then you can do some things about slowing down or putting a driver in a truck or having passive income or adding more trucks or whatever the case may be. But not buying a job, but, but building a company that's going to give you, uh, gonna, that's going to build wealth. Um, is what uh, is is what we are um, what we're teaching here. So um, you know the thing. Uh, another thing that you're going to have a hard time with is that you know you're in a pretty you know uh, you're in a pretty good situation as far as being home every night, sleeping in your bed. There's there's a lot of sacrifice you're going to have to make to be um, to make big money in trucking, um, at least at first. And you're going to have to uh, you're going to have to be away from home uh, a lot more than I don't know where you live, but um, you know that that you're you're going to make a big sacrifice to change what you're doing uh, to get to get this foothold and bootstrap this business and, and get it off the ground. Is it worth it? Absolutely. I mean, but there's a there's a price that you're going to have to pay in the meantime. So, so I had a I had an interesting conversation. Um, <clears throat> The, the, the volleyball coach is a financial planner guy. Um, it deals with retirement accounts and uh, insurance packages for small business stuff. And he and I were just chit-chatting. And he was asking me about the business because he and I have not really ever talked all that much. And I was just kind of laying out what Blue Ribbon does, kind of put it in layman's terms. Um, and he understands a little bit of trucking because I think he has a brother or brother-in-law or something that drives and. Uh, but he understands business, okay? And here's what I find interesting. There's been a couple of people over the last couple of months that I've had casual conversations with that I have explained the model. Here's what we do. Here's why we do it. And then we have these truck owners, right? And and the truck owner does this, that, and the other. They give us the truck, and we manage it. And, and he was like, wait, he stopped. We're walking. And he stopped. And he goes, well, can I buy a truck? <laughs> you know, because instantly – because he understands those fundamentals of economics and mathematics, he goes, well, wait a minute. You mean I could invest X and have a potential return of Y? And I go, well, yeah, yeah, we've got two or three guys that have done that. And he instantly sees it. That's where the, the driver a lot of times has the struggle. They don't see that 
that opportunity because they can't get beyond the steering wheel. You know, well, I don't like my situation. I don't like the freight I'm pulling. I don't like the people telling me what to do. I want more control. Let me be an owner operator. So at least I'll have that control. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> but you're still so confined to the driver's seat. You're not thinking about the external, uh, option, the external opportunity that exists in building value of building a company that has value that can return you so much more than what it can if you're just sitting behind the wheel. Yes. Jay, I would recommend that you go to our website and submit that form right there so we can have a one-on-one -on -one meeting with you. Uh, we, we'd be glad to talk to you about your options here and maybe show you some things that we could do maybe to, to help you out. But, uh, um, if you're, if you're interested in, in, in pursuing this at Landstar, go to, um, www.blueribbonlogistics.com. Chris, we still got a banner for that. Yep. And, uh, there is a, um, there's a tab there that says, yeah, drive for Blue Ribbon. Go there and fill out that, sub, uh, submit that form. And Chris and I'll reach out to you and we'll set up a Zoom meeting with just the three of us. Now we can discuss your situation, but, um, well, getting on with what we do, um, just so everybody understands, we have a fleet of trucks um, and we will um, hire um, someone to come work for our fleet uh, while they're working for us. They're a regular W-2 employee. Uh, we don't, if, if, you've, if you know much about me or you listen to the podcast, we do not agree, nor do we uh, subscribe to the 1099 um, screw you, um, you know, attitude. So, um, um, you know, you, you'll, you'll be an employee of blue ribbon logistics. You'll come here and, and you will, you'll be a company driver, but not in the way that you are right now, because we'll take you and we'll share everything. Everything we do is transparent. Um, we'll share everything that we do behind the scenes that you're only seeing from the steering wheel. So you see what it's like to be a truck owner. You're going to experience what it's like to keep a truck maintained and what, it, what all it takes to do that. Um, you're going to experience what it's like to, you know, to, um, you know, to, to work with a load board and book freight and, and all the things at Landstar that you have to be able to do to be successful here, which is why 40% of the people who come in the first year fails because there's some things about that, that they've, that they're, they've not had any experience in. They're really not that good at it or they've never done it. Or driving the truck is so much work, they don't have time to do the other things. And that's part of what we have to teach you here is how to balance and manage your time so that you can be a truck owner as well as a productive driver. So we, um, you know, we, we, will, we will share all this with you. Uh, it's completely transparent. One of the biggest things that we do here that most of the BCOs don't do is that we teach you time management, particularly when it comes to hours of service. You know, um, we, uh, we, we help you understand that your, your business as a owner operator, uh, is only allowed to be open, uh, because of government regulation, 70 hours a week. And no matter what somebody wants to pay you after the 70 hour and one minute, you have to, you can, you have to refuse to do that legally. And so we teach you how to manage your time so that you can maximize the return on those 70 hours because most people 
um, certainly most BCOs and certainly even most owner operators are not getting the full benefit of their 70 hours because they don't trip plan well. They don't route plan well. And I, for, I am fortunate to be hooked up with the, uh, the best trip planner that I've ever met in the world. Uh, the trip planning ninja is Chris Polk. And so we spend lots of time teaching you the importance of how to do that and, and, uh, and teaching you how to overcome situations that are that seem to be beyond your control because we, they're not beyond our control. We, we expect the unexpected. We plan for the unexpected. And so we will teach you how to do that because it doesn't matter what you get per mile. You doesn't matter what you make per day. If you can't, if you don't have the hours to run it, it doesn't matter. And we're really, really, really good at teaching you how to preserve those hours, you know, and all do it legally. You know, we do not do anything that is, that is out of compliance with, with the FMCSA. So, um, and then truck maintenance, you know, I don't care if you buy a brand new truck or an older truck, that's going to break down. There's going to be problems with it. You're going to have to maintain that truck. And so we go through all the process of what we do there. We, the big, one of the biggest things that we do besides time management is cost control. Um, you know, there's people in trucking right now that are starving. They're, they're, they're really struggling because fuel is $6 a gallon. Okay. Uh, fuel is your number one expense. Even before it got to be $6 a gallon, it's your number one. Everything else collectively together will not equal what fuel costs. And we show you how to buy the truck, spec the truck, modify the truck, drive the truck for fuel mileage so that you can affect that number one expense and keep it in control. Last week, all of our trucks except one, and that truck was, is having problems with, uh, with algae or even it has a transmission problem too. But all of our trucks last year, last week, um, their, their, their fuel mileage and, their, and their, the way that they bought fuel allowed them to operate the truck at under the, um, the, uh, the, the current uh, fuel mileage, fuel surcharge. Uh, and that's all you have to do to keep fuel from being a problem is stay under the fuel surcharge. And we can we certainly can do that and teach you how to do that. And uh, we're really, really, um, um, we emphasize controlling costs. One of the things that allows us to not worry about the great purge or the bloodbath or the market correction, whatever you want to call what we're going through, is the fact that our cost of doing business is so low that even during the pandemic, we made a profit. Even this year, we're making a profit. Um, you know, uh, we can stay in business. We won't make as much as we did in 2021, but nobody's going to do that. But at least we can stay in business. At least we can run freight. We don't have to sit at home, park the truck, and wait for the rates to go back up uh, or get on Facebook or go to Washington, D.C. and bounce around, you know, and pout and talk about how you deserve to have this kind of a rate. The rate's the rate, okay? And if you uh, run your business right, you can haul freight right now and make a profit uh, if you'll keep your costs down. And uh, we spend a lot of effort teaching you to do that. So, well, and it's a lot of guys come to Landstar because they want that control. They want to be able to pick the loads, and it and it's one hundred percent true that nobody can plan your life better than you can, or should shouldn't anyway. Well, when you're in a market like we're in now where you, you literally have to work harder for less money than you did six months ago. 
Um, you're going to make more, you're going to make less money than you did six months ago. That's just the market and nobody's going to fix it. It is what it is. And so it's even more crucial and more important now that you know how to plan the load so that you can do them because, you know, Larry says I'm the best. I, I would, I would argue that you, you'd be hard pressed to find somebody that can put them together as better, better than I can. But if you can't run them, because you're not strategically taking your break at the right place. You're not thinking about Thursday on Monday. You're not thinking about thinking ahead about your restart. When's my restart going to begin uh, this week? You know, and it's Monday and I'm thinking about all of these decisions that I have to make. And I have to, I have to re, uh, <clears throat> reserve those, those minutes, those on duty minutes. Cause you've got 70 of them. And when they're gone, they're gone, you know, and yes, we do restarts every weekend because you cannot run recap and plan yourself into the next week when you don't know how many hours you're going to have. So we do unless, a restart unless you're week. running dedicated, right? Unless you're undedicated, right? Which is, you know, again, for someone who um, uh, owns the truck and can uh, maximize those opportunities, we we don't put people on dedicated freight because it doesn't teach you anything. Right. You know, I, I've got to, I've got to get you to a place where you can do the absolute maximum that's out there. Um, so that you know how, if I just pull you in here and put you on a cake dedicated run, I mean, yeah, we'll make money, but that's again, that's not necessarily the point. Yes. We're here to make a profit, but you got to understand your profit is just as much about reducing your costs as it is raising your revenue. Because every penny that you spend to raise revenue comes at a cost. But lowering your fuel cost doesn't cost you anything, and you get to keep 100% of that. And that's where a lot of people struggle. Um, but you've got to be able to, to plan yourself three or four or five days in advance. And if you don't, you're going to be calling on the day that you need a load and yeah you're going to make 50 phone calls or more to either maybe not get a load or get some piece of crap that's barely worth hauling um and so you know you have to be um a problem solver because the problems are going to come and you can't just fall apart you've got to look at what's in front of you as everything's falling apart okay well I've got control of this and control of this, but I don't have control of those three things. I take those three things and set them to the side. Here's what I can control. Here's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to fix the problem. <clears throat> you know, but it's it, starting a new business is not a vacation. It's not going to be easy. It, it, you, you're not, you, you wouldn't do. Uh, well, okay. So Jay's, well, ideally, I'd run 10 days and be off 10 days. I have no interest in living 90% of my life in a truck. Okay, well, then don't buy one. I can tell you that right now. Um, because for probably two years, if you want to still be in business, you're going to be living in a truck 90%. That's what I did, and I had little kids. You know, when I started down this path, I had a, a three, five-year-old and a three-year-old. Um, so, yeah. Um, now, if I would have had Larry... Um, I probably could have reduced the curve a lot, you know, but it's been 10 years, 12 years, been almost 12 years since I started down this path, um, uh, made it about five and failed and then got with Larry in 2018. And, and now I've learned how to do it right. Um, but you know, 
you wouldn't open a restaurant and say, all right, well, I'm going to be open 10 days and close 10 days. You're not going to go into construction and do that. You're not going to do any trade that way. Um, You're going to work seven days a week, uh, sometimes eight. Uh, You're going to work incredibly long hours uh, to build your business. You have to do what you have to do. I mean, it, it, that's the thing. We we don't have standard hours. You know, it it it. You have to do what you have to do. Um, that's the thing about a business. You know, my wife was a teacher for thirty some odd years. You know, and um, you know, teachers have this little uh, secret that they have, and it's called snow days. You know, it's a day that's unexpected that they don't know about until the morning it happens but it lets them completely off the hook. They have a free day that they don't have to do anything because it's unscheduled and there's nothing that they can do about it. Well, when we had our child, Mary Lou made one of those needlepoint things and it was hung on our bathroom wall for years. And it said, there are no snow days in parenthood. And obviously the moral of that story is, you know, when you had the responsibility of a child, you don't have snow days. And I use that a lot in business because that's the same when you, when you start a business, um, it's just like raising a child. Okay. There are no snow days, you know, there, you, you, you can't, you can't plan your life around your, now eventually you can, but when you're starting out, understand. Okay. And I, and everybody thinks they're exception, but yet every time I look at the numbers, they haven't changed nine out of 10 people who buy their first truck will fail. Okay. Nine out of 10 will fail. It's probably going to go up this year. Okay. Mm -hmm. But, uh, it's just not going to, it's just not going to be like that. Now I've been in business for 47 years. Um, yeah, I take off a lot, you know, uh, but I didn't do that when I first started. I didn't even do it halfway through my business career because I changed businesses a few times, you know, I got into business to fix businesses, you know, um, but there's, you know, there's a price you pay for everything. There's a price you pay for success, success There's a price you pay for failure. It's just whether or not you, uh, which of those you rather pay the price to, to, to live through. Um, you know, I said this a couple of weeks ago, if you really, really, really want to have that freedom you're talking about, you need to make money when you're not working. And that's where, that's where the passive income comes in. That's where having other trucks and other drivers and other sources of revenue come in so that when you, I'm at the beach, it's not this week, Chris, it's next week, mm-hmm. um, my uh, deposits still keep coming, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that you, just, you can't just go out and do that tomorrow. You have to build up to that. And I think that uh, most people have to understand there's a price you're going to pay. And, and see, when you buy a truck, Understand, take buy, take the word buy a truck out of your vocabulary and replace it with start a business mm-hmm. because that's what you're doing. The truck's got nothing to do with it. Y'all just chose trucking as that's what you like for whatever, whatever reason, that's what you've chosen to do. But you could put bubble gum machine in there. You could put whorehouse in there, whatever you want to put in there. You got to work it, you know, with everything you've got. Until you get it off the ground and then you can start looking at, uh, enjoying some of the benefits of it, providing that that business is, is giving it to you. So here's, um, here's something I would like to know. Just, just, just this thought just occurred to me. Take me back to, I don't, I don't, you'll have to tell me the year, but I'm thinking in the early two thousands when you've got the dry cleaners 
and you're doing weddings, what does a typical week look like for you with the dry cleaners and weddings on the weekend? <clears throat> well, I mean, you know, dry cleaning, we start at, we open at seven. Uh, I'm usually there at six because we've got to get the boiler up and everything ready to go. And the labor force comes in. Um, we close at seven at night. So I'm usually there until eight o'clock at night, you know, getting everything put away. Sometimes we'll go have dinner and come back and continue working. If we're really, really, really busy, we'll come back and, and, and work till midnight, you know? Um, and then, um, of course on, you know, I'm, I'm still running photography, so I've got to, uh, interview clients. I've got to deliver photographs. I've got to design albums. Uh, on Saturday, I would, you know, we got either going to have a one o'clock or a seven o'clock wedding usually. So a wedding for me was about eight to 10 hours. So you had to be there about two hours or so, three hours early. And you're there for about, you know, eight to 10 hours. So, uh, and then Sunday I just collapsed, you know, um, that's was, that's what I did. But, um, you know, the, uh, the financial benefits of doing that, the, um, you know, the, uh, um, you know, the, 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 the security I have today and the, the things that I am able to do right now, uh, I'm able to do because I did that. And because I put the blinders away when I got in trucking, I mean, the FedEx thing I did, you don't have to go back to 2000, you know, in 2009 and in, in, in the, in the Thanksgiving 2009, when I started the, the, the FedEx thing, I drove, um, 3,400 miles a week. I want to say it was Chris 3,400 mm -hmm. miles. Yeah. Um, you know, every week I, I, I commuted from Indian from Lexington, Indianapolis to start my week. Cause that's three hours right there. Uh, I drove, um, um, six days a week, commuted back home on Sunday morning, um, spent Sunday and Sunday night and during the day, Monday at home. And then I got back in my vehicle and commuted back to Indianapolis and did it again, did that for almost five years. But in 2009, when fuel was like it is right now and rates were like that, I, I did that at 92 cents a mile plus fuel surcharge. And I made a million dollars in four and a half years. So that's, that's what I had to do to get the benefit that I was looking for. You know, I didn't think about it. When I made the decision to do it, I put the blinders on and let's go. The only reason I, I quit doing it was because I couldn't, we literally could not do it any longer because um, during the Obama administration, they changed the hours of service where we, we had to take off two nights in a row. So I lost my Saturday night. And at that point in time, I just didn't want to do it anymore. We started looking for other things, you know, but um, it's, you know, it, it's, you just have to be willing to pay this price for success. Um, now I guess if you're, I guess there's things you can do if, if you want to start Amazon, uh, I guess you could probably do it a little differently. Uh, they haven't made a profit yet. Okay. So, um, but if you're going to start a small business and bootstrap it, uh, one person, one truck or small business, like I did, uh, it's going to take, you are the person that's going to have to make it happen. And you have to always understand that tomorrow your best person is not going to come to work tomorrow your your best person is going to leave okay so um it's hard for you to know like my schedule it would depend on who showed up 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it would depend on what and what had to be done, whether something broke down or not, you know. So it's, uh, I'm not complaining at all. I chose to do it and I would choose to do it again. Um, but you know, this buying a truck because you think you're just going to get in a truck and go take a break, come to Landstar and slow down. That's, there's where the failure rate comes in. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's not going to happen. You know, you're, you're coming, if you've never been, a, a, if you've never been on property before and you come to Landstar and now all of a sudden you're having to book your own loads, negotiate your own deals, do everything that you, you know, that you, somebody does for you right now, you got to do it yourself. And then by the way, drive the truck. Now mm-hmm. you see why, now you see why 40% of the people don't make it here. You know? And let, let me talk to that go-getter for a minute, because I know you're out there because you're like me. Um, you're, you're thinking, okay, well, yeah, I hear what these guys are saying, but, um, I've got the drive, I've got the desire, I've got the work ethic. Why would I spend 15 months with these guys making them money when I could just go get a truck and do it myself because I've got everything it takes? Well, um, that, that 95% that failing is going to include you. The, the likelihood that you are in the 5% is very, very, very low. I'm not saying you can't do it because you, you probably could. But we, um, we do this so that you could come here and bypass all of those pitfalls and, uh, and, and those risks, uh, that you're going to have. Um, we've had a handful of those come through here, um, and, you know, it's night and day for the guy that just, you know, maybe wanders in here because he's just risk averse and he knows that he should probably come and do this, you know, um, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know, but, but we're here for everybody. We're here for the guy that is, is curious about business and wants to dip their toe in the water and then maybe find out, Oh my gosh, this sucks. I don't want to do this. We've had a few of those. Um, and, and then we've had the ones that, that have the drive and the desire and the work ethic and can put up with the BS and put up with the, um, uh, you know, the, the chaos that comes with trucking and, and, and learn how to manage it. Um, but I, I promise you that the 15 months that you would come and spend here, uh, would be well worth your time if you were to do that. Uh, because it's going to help you uh, keep from falling down that hole that 95% of people do, you know. So, um, yes, we're in it just to make a profit, but please understand the driver makes more than anybody, you know. The driver always gets paid. Larry, not so much. Um. So there was a question about tire pressure earlier. Um, I'm going to tell you what Mike Beckett, and if you don't know who Mike Beckett is, uh, Google that, Mike Beckett, MD Alignment. But he's the world's foremost authority on commercial vehicle, t- commercial truck tires. And he's going to tell you that look at whatever it says on the side of your tire. And by the way, that does not say maximum. That says correct pressure for certain load. Find that number and add 10 pounds to it. That'll be the answer to your question about what you should run your drives at. Um, so we, you know, we, um, we run as, as we would run 140 if we could get it in our dual in our singles, 
Usually we have to settle, settle for 125 to 130 because that's all we can get. But in duels, just look what's look what's on the side of the tire and add 10 pounds to it. Uh, if the steers, he's going to say add 15 pounds to what's on the side of it. But if you don't know who Mike Beckett is, um, you should probably buy his books and uh, and make him get him in your network because he knows more about tires than um, um, than anybody I've ever, I've ever met. And he saved me a lot of money over the years because. Um, I'll listen to him. So, yeah. Um, well, you know, so, you know, Jay says, uh, I really think that's 90% of people that were broke to start off and fell behind or realized trucking were them. That's certainly, certainly a percentage of them, but most of them just don't understand what it really requires of you when you're in business. Um, you know, like you said, um, I was, I was still plugged in to this business the whole time that I was in Gatlinburg. I had to be monitoring. I had to be watching. Um, you know, now granted, if you're one truck, you can park the truck and go on the trip somewhere and you're, you know, but, uh, if your truck is sitting still, it probably needs some maintenance and you better be making sure that the maintenance is getting done. Um, you know, you have to, because you just can't turn it off when you're in business, you're in business all the time. And I don't have myself on the screen cause I wasn't even thinking about that, but, um, well, there, there are, there are people that fell in trucking that weren't broke when they got in it. Uh, they broke when they got out because they didn't understand how to control expenses, didn't understand how to manage their time. So, um, it's, it, it, you know, not having money is a big part of it. And yeah, there's a lot of people in that 90% that were undercapitalized. That's probably the number one reason, but that's not every reason. There's people that actually pay cash for a truck and still don't make it, uh, because you still have to understand that you have to, you have to run the business as a business, you know, and you have to understand that it's all about making a profit. And if how much money you have, if you, if you burn through it and you don't have any more, it doesn't matter what you start with. So it just means you can do it longer before, before you have to, you know, throw in the towel. But somebody with no money doesn't last very long. Somebody with money can last a while. Uh, but that's why we say the 90% is for, for the first two years. So uh, you can start with money and burn out and, and burn through that in two years. If you don't, uh, if you still don't run, run the business as profitably as a business. Well, look at the people that, um, getting in maintenance trouble because they go to some shop and the certified glorified technician tell you, Oh yeah, we will do this. And that doesn't fix it. Well, let's do this. And that doesn't fix it. Now all of a sudden you've spent $20,000. You've been down for six weeks. Um, you better be sitting on a pile of money because who's going to pay the light bill. Who's going to pay the, the utilities. Who's going to pay your, your mortgage. You know, the, the warranty's not. Freightliner's not, Peterbilt's not, you know, they'll leave your truck sitting there for three months. They don't care. You know, oh, well, the parts on national back order. Okay. Well, what's the part number by the way? Uh, okay. I'll have one there tomorrow, you know, um, because I mean, y'all just don't understand. That's the thing is the number, the number of times that I have, um, well, hell I've got one sitting right here discontinued freightliner don't make it anymore oh we can't find one 
Within 15 minutes, I had this on my on its way from Montana to my house. Freightliner couldn't find it. You know, if you can't accept that most of the industry is filled with laziness and incompetence, um, you know, and that's one thing the pandemic did for us that ripped the Band-Aid off and showed us all the ugliness underneath. But people just don't care. <coughs> If you don't care about your business, they're not going to care about your business. All right. Let's talk about some um, some things coming up, okay? I guess. Well, we're getting, to wrap this up, by the way, um, we've had a couple of, of openings. Uh, William, our, our uh, fuel mileage champion, uh, has finished the program and has decided to to go stay home, uh, to be with his, uh, with, with his, with his wife and, um, situation there. So we, we have, uh, we have his truck available and, um, and we have one other that we, um, are looking for a driver for. So if, uh, if you want to, um, if you want to see what this is all about, you know, if you want to see what owning a truck is like without having to make the, the uh, the financial investment and 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 not have all the risk um and see what it's like uh firsthand um as a landstar uh owner operator without having to to buy the truck then we can talk to you we can show you how this works and um you know we can explain our program to you we do have uh we do have a, like i say a couple openings so it's not like you have to get on a list we can we can bring you on you know, right away. There's always the minimum qualifications that you have to meet or for Landstar to let us hire you. Um, and uh, we can certainly discuss those with you right up front. Uh, the process would be to go to that um, link that Chris put on there a while ago, uh, fill out the uh, little online submission that comes right to my desk. And we will reach out to you and set up a Zoom interview and we'll, you know, discuss all the options and find out if this will be a good fit for you. And we'll take it from there. So, anyway, now let's talk about uh, you guys, uh, you Landstar guys that maybe weren't uh, weren't at BCO days. A um, couple of things that are um, that are coming up that are kind of exciting. Um, most of them revolve around the Landstar One app. Um, some uh you know the the uh the blending of connect and one is is uh is is about to happen uh Thank happen between, God. between now and the end of the year uh if you're using the uh load alerts uh, what's the load search app that came out for that that's you're talking about cool. maximizer no 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 the, there's a load search app you know i don't know i deleted getting, that one a long time ago it's getting ready to go away com- completely so but Landstar One is good. That's that's what they're everything's going toward. That uh, there's some functionality though coming though that I think is going to be pretty pretty nice. Um, one of the things is um, now we're not really crazy about this because we don't like GPS set uh, you know dictating where people go. But and Chris, I did talk to him about this as well. But the, right now you use the Landstar One app to find the 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 best fuel prices in the area that you're at. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem with that is you might have already passed the best fuel that morning, or maybe you haven't gotten to it yet, uh, because you can only see a, 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 a radius of a few hundred miles where you're looking right now. 
And so uh, they are going to put in a routing function where you can put in where you are and where you're going. And, and, it, and you can also, Chris, filter how many miles out of route you will let it search. Mm. Uh, it won't let you go beyond that if you filter it that way. And, uh, and then there's also going to, they're looking at a fuel optimization program as well, where you can tell it how, uh, how far you can go and it'll give you the intermediate stop as well as then the cheaper stop. So these are all things that are going to be coming. They're going to make the fuel purchasing decisions a little bit, uh, more supplied to you automatically by Landstar one app based on where you are and where you're going. So that's, um, you know, that, that will help a lot right now. You have to go through your route manually and check it along the way to see where the best fuel is that you're going to go by that day. Um, some of you, if you don't understand the importance of that, you really, really need to talk to us. Okay. Because you're spending way too much for fuel. Um, the other thing that we have a hard time with at Landstar for whatever reason is they can't keep up with trailers. They, um, they, um, it's like, where's Waldo. Okay. Uh, <laughs> nobody knows where the hell, nobody knows what trailer you're hooked to. Agents don't do their job. And, um, and you know, they, they, uh, it's just, it's just a mess. So, uh, one of the things they're working on is a hook feature where when you hook to a trailer, you can enter that trailer number in Landstar one app and it will supersede every other, um, truck or trailer or whatever it will connect that trailer to your truck regardless of where the system has it you know um now there is a gps feature there so if you've been in the wrong number and it doesn't think that's where you are because that truck's showing up in california it will come back and ask you to recheck that again um the other thing that's pretty cool about this is they've got a thing called smart hook they're going to be putting like an rfid um chip in the truck and when you back up under a trailer and move like five miles it automatically ties that trailer to your truck nice so that way you won't it it, you if you're if you're just doing a double drop and hook and moving one around a yard it won't do it you've got to get down the road and drive for a few miles. then it hooks it to you so that's pretty cool um the um (laughs) here's the thing that i thought was a little controversial uh, you will also use Landstar one to do your load search and, and it pushes load alerts out to you. There is a, a strong desire for there to be a book it now feature on the app. And mm. uh, if you know anything about booking loads at Landstar, you'll know that probably 30% of loads on the load board are not actually a load. They're, they're a bid. Uh, they're maybe old that haven't been taken down. But the book it now would require that those loads have to be an absolute. And uh, the thing I argued there against is that the last thing we want is for this load board to become an absolute. Because at that point in time, it takes all the speculation off the load board. So um, I, don't, I, I don't think this is going to, to work out because I don't think there's any way that they're going to keep agents from posting speculative loads on the board. Um, there's also talk about, and then of course they, the whole room erupted out about this. When you're doing your load search, you can exclude an agent code. And, uh, I think that's a horrible idea. And the only thing I like about it is that if all these uh, BCO start excluding agents, all of a sudden that freight's going to show up and we're going to be able to grab it. I'm so, all over it. Um, yeah, but they think it's a great idea to exclude an agent. 
Now, I will tell you this. They're going to automatically unexclude after 90 days. I'll tell you so, what they need. They need an automatic exclusion of the people you talk trash about on Facebook because I know damn well that they're going on Facebook and talking trash, but they're still booking and the load. And taking their freight, yeah. Yeah. So if you talk trash about an agent on Facebook, it automatically keeps them out of your feed. I'd be all over that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lee, there, there, yeah, there, there was a way it would show you, uh, like, just like Google maps, it shows you the main thing. Then it will give you a couple and you can choose the alternative. Like I say, you can also filter it. So it keeps you from going out of route more than so many miles, you know, like in our case, sometimes we get people that really, they get, they get hung up on uh, fuel pricing and they find a fuel price and it's like a hundred miles out of route. And they, and they'll call Chris and go, Hey, should I drive 40 miles to get this fuel? And of course, Chris's answer is get out the BSE 9000 and tell me, you know, how much fuel is it going to take you to get there? What are you going to save? There's a math problem there. So, um, but anyway. Do the math. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Strange, uh, strange thing. So um, that's uh, that's the, the, some big news there. Um, uh, what else, Chris, do we need to talk about? Um they gave a, a brand new VNL 860 truck away. Mm. Um, I uh, I also have a problem with that, but that's that's <laughs> <laughs> they give three trucks away a year. Uh, that's uh, that's seven hundred thousand dollars. Okay, uh, I am a imagine I am, imagine I, imagine I am a step that money given out Rand McNally paper atlases. I am, I am a stockholder. Okay. I am a stockholder. All right. So I don't, I think we could spend our money better, but I thought Calm Data was paying for them trucks. They, they pay a lot of it. it, They do pay a lot of it, but still a buck 75 per transaction. We're still paying for it. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, uh, um, I ran into Steve Crone up, um, up there. If you guys don't know who Steve is, um, he is, um, I met him years ago at the CMC. He's a fuel mileage, uh, nerd. Okay. He's <laughs> yes, got an, he he's got an international that looks like an NASCAR. Um, but, uh, you know, he's, he's into aerodynamics a lot and, uh, and it shows, I mean, his average fuel mileage is, um, above 11 miles per gallon has been for over 10 years. So, um, Chris, I re, um, committed to him to being on the podcast. So, we can uh, we can get a hold of him and get him on the podcast, but um, you know he's taking an international and a uh, Landstar trailer, uh, which he owns now. He's bought he owns his own trailer, but general general I mean regular van trailer with swing doors, and he's getting over eleven miles a gallon. Um, it has been for ten years. Um, I don't know if you understand what that means. That makes his cost per mile of, of driving a truck about twenty five cents. You know. So, um, his, um, uh, his Facebook page is called Crone, uh, aerodynamics. Yeah. And is, and is, uh, if you look him up on fuel gauges, it's backdraft, uh, something backdraft. I'm sure there's only one backdraft. You can, you, you could probably search it and find it. I'm going to, he's got 10 years worth of, uh, worth of fuel ups on fuel gauges there. I'm going Um, to, uh. Well, I was going to attempt. To yeah, share. it's a ninety-four. You're right, Lee. It's a ninety-four hundred so, so you should be able to see this. Yeah, that's the video he just put. Yeah, that's the bottom of his truck. 
Uh, and he, I'm telling you, the guy is, he is into fuel mileage. All right. Um, but, uh, I mean, go it's, to, it's go to fuel gauges and look up his truck. Backdraft binder is the name of his truck. And, uh, you'll see every fuel up for the past 10 years, you know? Uh, I mean, that, that truck it, is just incredible. It's you know, the a, amount of work. It's a big deal to get 11 miles per gallon. It's a big deal. It sure cuts down on the risk. If you're getting that kind of fuel mileage, you know, day in, day out, not every once in a while, but <laughs> average, uh, makes a big difference. So, yeah, I mean, just, I, I would love to know how many hours he has into, and there had to have been so much, um, well, he designed most of that. And then that's another thing I, he told me he was thinking about, he's got the molds. And so I think he's going to, to, you know, to start selling the products um uh to people as well so um, well jay so jay said they should have gave away a glider um let me just go ahead and add to all the hurt feelings i hate gliders um i want absolutely nothing to do with the glider so that should that should sufficiently piss well, that's only because he has to buy parts for it okay so well, yeah that's and that's that's the whole reason you know uh, it's just, it's another example. Of one of those things, man, it sounds great. It sounds like such a perfect solution, but it's just not, it's just, uh, I give me a, uh, 2003 to 2007 Columbia century and I'll make you a pile of money, but I want nothing to do with glider. Well, and they're getting ready to go away anyway. So, uh, just see, um, all indicators are the speed limiters are going to happen. Uh, there's, I don't think there's any way that that's not going to pass. The only question is what's it going to be set at? That was a big, big discussion there. There was a Indiana state cop there and there was a big discussion about that. Um, um, there's nobody, there's nobody own a history book. I mean, you know, we, we've been down this path, you know, when I started in 97, uh, Illinois, Indiana, Texas, all had split speed limits. Uh, Oregon had split speed limits. California had split speed limits. Guess which states had the highest incidence of crashes between four wheelers and big trucks? Still do. All the In ones. Still do. Indiana is in the top 10 and they're, they got obviously have split split. Oh, well, they don't have split anymore. Yeah, they do. Uh, Absolutely. They do. Do they? 65. Yeah. Oh, it's oh, yeah, yeah, 65 yeah. for trucks and 70 for cars. Oh, that's right. Absolutely, dude. Been a while. And up there around Chicago, all the all the uh, counties around Chicago were split. <clears throat> yeah, Ohio was terrible. You know, fifty five, and um, but you know, <clears throat> it's just it's just more stupid. It's more virtue signaling nonsense for somebody to uh, pat themselves on the back and tell everybody what a great job they've done when all they've done is create more problems. So, you know, and of course, I I rem I don't remember the national 55 what was that 74 I, I was commuting to college in that <laughs> yeah it was 74 75 i had a <laughs> i had a 70 chevelle 396 375 horse and there and i was commuting back and forth from here to eku i i sold that car and got a, a vw bug <laughs> because of that because of fuel my first car was a. Uh a Dodge Colt and it had at 55, it had a little red mark on the speedometer and it had a little red thing at the end of the needle, you know, because 
every car that was built back in the early eighties, the speed national speed limit was 55. Yep. You know, I love to hear people complain about how, you know, authoritarianism only just showed up in the last few years. No, no, it's been here a long time. Y'all just don't remember. I wish I had that car right now. Oh, I bet you do. They've got a 57 Chevy Bel Air sitting down there at Dollywood as a prop. Well, that thing looks pretty. Probably ain't moved in 20 years, but. I saw a red and black one on Facebook today. I'm looking for it right now to see if I can find a picture of it, but I can't find it. <clears throat> well, look, the, the more things change, the more they stay the same. And it really doesn't matter what the issue is. If it's um, electrification, uh, uh, what it, you know, whatever the issue is, um, uh, you're going to have to deal with the problem, you know, uh, whatever faces, whatever you're facing, you know, you're going to have to deal with problems in business. Whereas when you are a company driver or you're an employee, you don't have your, no, you call somebody and they fix it for you. Well, when you're in business, you are the, you just call yourself, you know? And I remember I had a breakdown one time, the, the charger, uh, hose from the charger cooler to the intake blue. It's got a big spring in it and it blew that spring out. And I'm sitting on the side of the bluegrass parkway, right? Just before you get on 65. And I'm looking at this thing and going, Oh crap. Well, I better call TA cause Glendale wasn't far away. And I'm dialing the number and I went, well, what are you doing? What are you doing? They're, they're going to charge you $500 just to show up. They're not going to have the part. And so I opened my side box and I had a roll of duct tape and I wrapped that an entire roll of duct tape, shoved the spring back in it, used an entire roll of duct tape, got on the phone, found the part down in Nashville and was able to, uh, make it to Nashville, take the old one off, put the new one on, probably cost me $250 plus a roll of duct tape, you know, and I would have been sitting there hours. Otherwise, waiting on some idiot from TA to come say, well, I can't fix it. Now let me charge you $125 an hour to drive to Louisville and get the hose and come back. You know, you, you can't have that mentality. You know, you, you've got to be the one that solves the problem. And it doesn't matter what it is. You know, we got one right now with the algae in the fuel tanks and a blown transmission. And it waited until she got dead. I mean, if you dropped a pin dead in the middle of Houston is where that transmission came apart. Yeah. What are we going to do now? Call Rager. Get it out of the road. What's, uh, what's Niven up to here? What's he saying here? <clears throat> Been sitting at home for the last month. $3,700 to figure out why my truck was blowing black smoke and had no power. It says the oil, oil return line reversed. And $4,300 for a new hood. Thank God for savings and pension. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> well, I'm glad you figured it out. Uh, let's say in all oversized in Ohio and bigger oversized in Indiana is 55, uh, driving in track 55 in traffic on 70 mile interstate where the cars are going 75 to 80 is in chaos. Uh, well, it's in Alabama that still to this day, if you have hazmat, you're not supposed to run over 55. I think it's Alabama. I've heard that once before. I try to stay out of that state, although I'm going there in, in two weeks, but not in a truck. Well, you're going to the good part of Alabama. Yeah, I am going to the beach speaking of which we need to look at our schedule next weekend because i'm leaving saturday morning at five o'clock i believe it was already in the calendar 
If you uh, want me, if you want me to do a podcast next weekend, it's going to have to be on Friday night. Well, it is currently scheduled for nine p.m. on Friday the seventh. How about so, we bump that up a little earlier? Because if I'm going to get up at four o'clock in the morning, I ain't going to want to be talking to these people to nine ten thirty at night. Well, um, well how, how about you have it on Sunday night with a guest and let me off the hook completely? I like that idea. I'll 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 rustle up a guest and. Uh, so well, I'll, I'll be, I'll be out then, but I will be, I'm coming back on the following Saturday. So I'll be available that next Sunday as usual. So why don't you do that? Once you have it next Sunday night, as usual with a guest and y'all can talk about me, I won't be here. And I also won't be watching just so you know. So. Okay. Well, we can certainly make that happen. <laughs> um, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we're going to be in West Virginia doing orientation. We don't normally do in the middle of the week, but I have no weekends in the, in the month of October. Zero. So, um, we got, a we got a guy we're, we're really excited about coming on. He was at our, um, he, he was at our, uh, live event, uh, back in July. Was it in July we did that? Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. And, um, that seems like forever ago. I know it does. It does. <clears throat> so we're, uh, we're excited about, uh, about Tom. And, uh, so we'll be bringing him on next week. We got another guy coming in, uh, I think the third weekend of the month. So if you guys are running through West Virginia this coming week, um, stop in and yell at us. We'll be at the Wingate by Wyndham, exit 34. Is that right, Chris? Mm-hmm. That's correct. Exit 34 off I-64 heading you gonna, eastbound. You going to bring that bottle with you? If there's there, This bottle may not survive till Tuesday, but maybe. Uh, it's 48 I, hours. I mean. Yeah, let's see. <clears throat> yeah, it might. Uh, yeah, probably. I, I'll bring it. I'll bring it. If not, I, I just, I just, I just saw that my my cousin Joe is 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 watching. And he mentioned that Colt that I had had no AC. Listen, that was the hottest vehicle I've ever been in my life. Had them leather seats or those not leather but vinyl seats. You talk about, I mean, the hottest son of a bitch that's ever been built. Come out of well, it didn't come out of Detroit. Came out of Japan, I guess. But uh, God Almighty, what an awful, awful vehicle. Um. <clears throat> Well, look, here, here's, here's your, here's your final thought. Um, we do this so that you can come here, um, uh, and learn how to do this the right way. And there is a right way, you know, now, like, uh, the one guy said, you know, he, he agrees with 65%. Well, that's fine. Uh, but here's what you have to understand. Our model works 100% in every market. It works when it's, you know, $12,000 a week falling off a log. And it works when $6,000 a week. And that's about where we're at. You know, um, you know, I've completely changed how I look for loads right now because I've got a whole lot less to choose from. The ones I do choose from suck. Um, and it's probably going to be that way for a while. And so. I will caution you about this though. If you're uh, a BCO or an owner operator and you know, you're, you've tried everything that you know to do and you're just like one week ahead of losing your truck. Um, I don't know what, I don't, that, that's, that's not who we're looking for here. Okay. Um, you know, we're looking for people who want to do this thing proactively, not at, out of desperation. So, um, you know, we'll be glad to give you some free advice that you probably won't take, but, um, you know, I, 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 we get, I get these call, you know, I'm on a list at Landstar of, fleet owners who, you know, um, have trucks 
And, uh, I can't tell you, you know, how many calls I get where, you know, they've, they've, they've done it their way to the point now where they're just one step above, you know, uh, the truck being repossessed and, you know, that sort of thing. And, um, you know, we've, we've been doing this, we've been doing this podcast now we're 131 episodes. So, um, you know, you, you, and we, we've told people over and over and over again that we do mentoring and coaching and dispatching. Um, but you know, a week before your truck's going to get repossessed, I'm not sure how much we can do for you, you know? Um, but anyway, Chris, you might have something to add about add to that or not. I don't know, but, um, well, you know, it, well, the, the big problem is a lot of people don't, they don't realize that they're circling the drain until, you know, they're half their bodies down the hole, you know, um, we will, we will do what we can, you know, to advise you. Um, and listen, I can tell you that there's life beyond failure. Um, I'm, I'm 100% living proof of it. I lost my truck. Well, I sold my truck, but I lost my business, you know, um, and it was completely 100% preventable. Um, everything that happened to me was preventable. Um, you know, I just, you know, I, I got to the point where I just, I couldn't swim upstream anymore. And, and here we are. So, um, sometimes you might have to go, yep. My truck, my truck note is too high and I've got to give it up and, tear it all down and start over and you know we can kind of help advise you through that we've we've seen it happen i've lived it um but uh you know we'll do we'll do what we can to help you sure we got a new dispatch client that we picked up this we got a small fleet a landstar yeah. fleet that's uh gonna turn the dispatch um over to us so we're starting with two trucks this coming week and uh, I guess add on the other three subsequently. But if you guys um, looking for uh, dispatch service or um, business coaching, mentoring, uh, accounting help, uh, we offer all those services. So, yeah. Well, we will be back here with you next Sunday night at 9 p.m. with a guest yet to be determined. I'll see who I can dig up and come on here and, and we'll talk about stuff. I will have my sand in the toes in Gulf Shores, Alabama. Or your toes in the sand. My toes in the sand. <laughs> I guess that's what I mean. There might be sand in my toes. I don't know. What was that? There was a Zach Brown song. Something about my ass in the sand, my toes in the water, or something like yeah, that. Something like that. Uh, well, at least the hurricanes have, are done for for this week. So you should I hope not. Good shape. Yeah. yeah. Boy, it's a shame what happened down there in Florida. I'm glad it, I'm glad it didn't come to Alabama, though, because... I really wanted to, we missed a, well, we didn't go the year of the lockdown and then there was a, a, a hurricane the year before that. So we didn't go for two years. So, um, we just started back again last year. I've been going there since 1985, every October since 1985. I think Phil had made some, yep. The TA, uh, till Phil was checking in early. The TA in Baldwin, Florida sucks. Uh, shame that that, hurricane blew through there and didn't take out a single ta on its way you know all the destruction it could have done us a couple of favors along the way 
You probably ought to have Richie on next week because he could tell you what really happened to BCO days because he hung out with me the whole time. So that would be inter- that, that would be entertainment gold. He might have a different be. perspective on things. Okay. Yeah. Than I, than I did, but uh, but he was uh, he was there. I think he was pretty overwhelmed with with everything. You know, the biggest thing that comes out of BCO. I'm gonna tell you right now. Uh, I've been going to BCO days since I don't know 2012, 2013. Um, the 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 biggest advantage is 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 putting the meeting the people that answer the phone so yeah. you build again it's all about relationship we say that and so cliche but i can i can tell you right now we solved a lot of issues this week uh just because um you know talking face to face to people you know telling them what you're dealing with um, it doesn't hurt that we are getting a little publicity from Landstar with, you know, the, the podcast that they did of me and we're in the magazine. So our recognition, it, when I go up to a table and introduce myself, you know, there, there's a, you know, they, they, they know who I am now. So I got a little more credibility, I guess, maybe, but, um, anyway, putting those relationships together where now you have a business card and a name and, and, and you've got an, an introduction and, and you've talked and you, and you, and you now you're just not calling down there to the 800 number and going through the phone tree. You know, you mm-hmm. can call down for somebody and go, and we did that a couple of times, Chris, with the trailer deal, you know, the trailer maintenance, you know, we know Kathy's name and number and, you know, we've called more than once and said, Hey, mm-hmm. we, and, you know, she was even on vacation or something and returned our call, you know, so it, it helps to, 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 you know, put these uh, relationships together. And that's what I think the biggest thing about BCO days is, is give you a chance to, for the corporate people to meet us and, and for us to meet them and, and understand what, what we each need. Uh, Cause it sure is a lot easier to get stuff done if you don't have to call down there and, you know, and talk to the, you know, the, the gatekeepers, you know, so. Um, Evan asked a question here as a person who wants to specialize in flatbed at Landstar, but still needs to gain six months OTR experience to qualify. Should I, uh, take those six months with a flatbed carrier or driving carrier? It certainly wouldn't hurt you <clears throat> to come in with some flatbed experience because then you can get a rating from day one. Um, but I will tell you that there's a big difference between hauling lumber or steel and hauling the stuff that Landstar hauls. Um, Phil is our uh, platform dispatcher. And as William said in the comments, you know, he, he's the best there is. I mean, I'm, uh, he's created a group in Signal where every person that pulls platform or is interested in platform, um, he has the drivers post pictures of every load uh, every single time uh, in that group. And then everybody can see it. And Phil says, no, put this here and put that there, move it around. Um uh, so it certainly could benefit you. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I don't see a problem with it. I would just, you know, like Phil had said here, find a flatbed company that actually trains their drivers and teaches securement TMC or Maverick, um, would definitely would help you because if it's just somebody, you're just hauling lumber and you are gonna throw eight or 10 straps over it and haul ass, it's really not going to help. You've got to really know how to, secure stuff and really understand the limits of your, uh, speaking, speaking of limits of your securement, we were playing the, like next to the last volleyball game, this real fancy homeschool team from North Carolina. 
and the girls start hollering and somebody comes out there and starts wiping the floor because there's water in the floor. And we're like, where in the world does this water come from? And I look up and y'all, they have got two five gallon buckets and a, and a 30 gallon trash can ratchet strapped to the ceiling of this, of this place. And I'm going, you know, and I'm looking up at these home Depot ratchet straps. I could, I've got them in my pickup truck. They're black and red. Yeah. And I thought, can you even imagine? I mean, that that damn fifty-five gallon drunk uh, trash cans got to weigh four hundred pounds. If that came down on top of some kid's head, uh, so we were all talking about the working load limit of uh, straps, and uh, you know, I was like, God, what a that's the most redneck shit I saw all week. You know, um, Evan, you get your six months and come here. We we've got a flatbed division. We can, yeah, uh, you can. I mean, you can Phil, train, we can train with taking, the best. Yeah. Phil's taking guys with no experience and, and, and Landstar has a securement class a couple of days. They'll put you through and kind of teach you the basics. But then, you know, we've got the secret weapon and uh, Phil will make sure you've got all your stuff together. So, um, and you know, of course, and have work ethic, um, <clears throat> uh, cause you're going, you're going to throw chains and tarps. Um, unless you drive our, our Conestoga, then you don't have to. Yeah. Well, that Conestoga is something else. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we can wrap it up with this. Uh, we'll see y'all next Sunday night at nine and, uh, everybody be good and be safe. We'll see you next time. See you guys in two weeks. Be safe. Okay.